Dejon Anthony commits to the Ole Miss Rebels. Big need on the defensive side of the ball. I'm excited. You're excited. We'll tell you why you need to be excited if you're not excited. This is the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are, in fact, free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. So subscribe there. Hi, I'm Stephen Willis. This is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast coming at you daily, your team, every day. All right. Dejon Anthony, and I'm probably butchering his name, but according to, um, I believe it was on three maybe, he has um, committed and leased a part by Ole Miss. An official announcement hasn't come yet, but he was he said that he was coming. This is what um, the Ole Miss spirit put out. He's a defensive back out of West Virginia. This is his graduate transfer year. This is a Spencer Sanders type situation. He actually started as a small college in West Virginia um, in 2019. So 2019-2020, he gets the COVID year. So he has the extra one to play. So he's graduate transferring. This isn't even necessary, necessarily a true transfer. This is a graduate transfer. Defensive back, about six foot two hundred pounds um, for the player out of West Virginia and Liberty University. Um, played cornerback there. Had a year that he had twenty seven tackles and nineteen solos. Had two picks. Kind of came on as a senior. Roughly half of those numbers as a junior playing for Hugh Freeze at Liberty. Kind of is what it is. This is an Ole Miss team that I've told you about that is imperative that they make system fits. So they may bring in players to supplement what they already have. And doing that, they'll be able to honestly help out the deficiencies and rebuild a little bit quicker, if that makes any sense to you whatsoever. And at cornerback and in the defensive back room, with the loss of Tysheem Johnson, with the loss of Davidson Igmanosin, with the loss of Miles Battle, it becomes imperative that they kind of hit on two or three of these players um, in the transfer portal. There's a player out of Rhode Island that has visited. We haven't heard, you know, he's going to go through the process of picking a school. Um, there's a player out of UAB that I believe is on campus right now. So they're all defensive back players designed to fill the void that they are leaving. Now, John Saunders is already on campus. He's played all spring. Free safety, from what I hear, he did pretty well, period. Um, you've got De- DeAndre Prince coming back, who will be the senior bellwether of that secondary this year. And then we don't know what the situation is with Deshaun Gaddis. The fact that we haven't heard anything one way or another about it makes me think he's still due to show up in the summer and it might be a Malik Heath-type situation for him. Well, So we'll see exactly what happens with Deshaun Gaddis. But Dajon Anthony, really good player. Like I said, six foot, 205 pounds. He played corner at Liberty. He might play some safety at Ole Miss. We don't know what they have planned. But obviously they saw film on him, saw how he moved, and saw that he was a fit and that he could play at this level. 
Now, this is a very important thing for people to understand, okay? A transfer portal player is not going to be brought in unless he can play. Same as the high school recruiting. Whenever Lane Kiffin says he's not going to reach on players that can't play at this level, he means it. He absolutely means it. And understanding that kind of puts you in a position, well, this guy obviously has upside. They've obviously seen something. And the Liberty Flames, we'll see exactly how they do that. But he was a sociology major at Liberty, which means the graduate program is probably going to be available here as as well, whatever he wants to do. So we'll see exactly how that goes. Dajon Anthony says he's going to come to Ole Miss. Now, he hasn't officially announced yet, so something could always happen. But the Ole Miss spirit has basically come forward after, I think, having a conversation with the player as well. Now, this is going to be a little bit shorter podcast than you normally get. Um, because um, I'm in the middle of just unbelievably hectic time. Yesterday, I got five gigabyte per second interview um, internet put in in my house. Um, so I was down for 75% of the day. And But what that does is allows me to do like a two gigabyte file, upload that in like 30 seconds. And that helps enormously. Right now, my Wirecast program is coming in at about 150 megabits per second, um, which is going to help whenever we have guests on. We have more that we're going to be able to bring in. And the reason we're doing that is on our After Dark channel, there might be shows that there's five or six guests on because I can have up to seven. And I needed the internet to be able to push it. So we're upgrading all over the place. Like I said, we have a big sponsor coming on board for that channel coming in June. We'll tell you all about that as well. But should be really cool. We're going to tweak the settings. We're going to do whatever we have to do to make this look your, the absolute best for you. And we're going to try and inc- increase quality as well. But like I said, this is going to be a busy month for us. Generally, February and May, they're kind of the two down months in the media um, because football season is just post-signing day and then May is like pre-camp season and pre-July media days. So those these are the two out of the 10 month, 12 months that are a little bit slow. So we're trying to do upgrades here. Now, I understand baseball and basketball could be a thing and, and, and might be a thing moving forward for Ole Miss, but this year they're not necessarily. So – We'll see. That's what our upgrades look like. Now, when we come back, we'll continue talking football and talk about how this wide receiver room is absolutely stacked and the expectations for this wide receiver room and the offense as a whole. We're going to keep building off the quarterbacks and the running backs that we've already done, but tell you what we expect for this offense and in turn a little bit this defense. But we're going to talk in May all about position groups, and players that we might need to keep an eye on post-spring. We'll talk about transfer portal. We'll talk about recruiting. And we'll talk about the schedule update that is coming in a couple of weeks. That's kind of our May plan for what's going on. If you have any ideas, we have a community post we just posted on the YouTube page. Put your ideas in there. Reply to the message. Let us know what you think. Let us know if there's anything you want us to talk about. We're going to talk about baseball, of course, until the season ends. 
and we're going to talk about anything that Chris Beard is able to do as well. So we'll see exactly how that goes. Anyway, I do want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and calories, then you need the best tasting protein bar ever built. You have got to try this. If you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices but don't want to compromise on taste, Built Bars and Built Puffs are just for you. Built Bars are healthy and taste amazing. Seriously, they taste so amazing that you won't even think they're good for you. You've got to try this. What makes them so good? Well, first of all, they're covered in 100% dark chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. They come in unbelievable flavors like churro and peanut butter brownie and cookies and cream. And I'm not sure how they do it, but all these bars taste like a candy bar while they're actually good for you. They only have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. But as we've told you over the years that you can go to built.com, put in locked in, locked on 15 in the promo code and get your own box. Now they're available at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter puff and churro puff. You can thank me later. Hey, and if you want those specialty flavors, you can still go to Built.com. You can try promo code LOCKEDON15. I'm not guaranteeing it'll work, but it's probably worth a try as well. Anyway, you will thank me later. This is unbelievably awesome. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Every day or tomorrow on the show, we will look at the tight end room and talk about what we expect from Michael Trigg and Caden Priestcorn and what we lost with Casey Kelly, all tight ends, all the time on the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. But today, we're going to talk about the wide receiver room. And we have talked how we thought the Ole Miss quarterback room was one of the better ones in the Southeastern Conference. We have talked about how Ole Miss has the best running back potentially in the country, at least in the SEC. It's so much that whenever I release a title, it needs to be a take. They want it to be a take. They want something that people can engage with. They want something that people can say. And then Ole Miss having the running back that is the best in college football, I figured that somebody would have something to say about that. And other than one comment from a Penn State person, it just didn't happen. You know why? Because everybody knows how good Quinshawn Judkins is. Everybody knows that. And it might be fun and exciting to us. To the outsiders looking in, they're like, well, yeah, that's about, about what it is. And I thought that was pretty interesting that something like that could happen on the offensive end at Ole Miss and generate that kind of response. But you add the wide receiver room and you lose Jonathan Mingo, who was a, what, a second round choice. Always good to draft an Ole Miss wide receiver in the second round. Always good for your professional team. And you lose Malik Heath, who was an undrafted free agent signing of the Green Bay Packers, the third leading receivers yard-wise in the SEC. And you think that Ole Miss is ready to take a step back. And then you look in the transfer portal, and Brandon Buckhalter, who had an amazing spring, apparently got into the transfer portal. The portal giveth, the portal taketh away. 
So you think that the wide receiver room could be in a position to take a step back. You still have Dayton Wade. You still have Jordan Watkins coming back that were very productive receivers from last season. But Ole Miss was able to get Trey Harris, wide receiver out of the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs, who was an all-conference USA-type player, to come in and go. But he was injured for most of the spring. We didn't get really a chance to lay eyes on him. So that makes you think, you know, what what can we do? What does this look like? Is this going to be all right? Well, the one thing that we noticed in the spring game is how much they were working Chris Marshall. And Chris Marshall was making big-time Laquan Treadwell-type plays because he's a player that, at his best, is pre-injury Laquan. He's not A.J., he's not Jonathan Mingo, he's not Elijah Moore. If you want a comp, he is pre-injury Laquan Treadwell. And you look at his catch radius, his blocking downfield, his physicality. He has a chance to be a very special player. He has, honestly has a, best, a chance to be the best wide receiver in the Southeastern Conference. He has that kind of talent, seriously. Now, the question runs from our quarterback, what we talked about, is how he runs the offense. Because how he runs this is going to determine how players are tangibly effective in this offense. Because when it's run effectively, you have a chance to be, honestly, special. It can do special things. It's designed to torture linebackers. Our everydayers can attest that I talk about this all the time as far as what our offense is supposed to do. Just put it down into simple terms. Are there special things and specific things that they do? Yes. But its base offense is designed to take the middle part of that defense and just make it have a miserable existence. But when that job of those middle players get a little bit easier, this offense gets a little bit tougher. Because if you take away the way this offense goes, any piece taken away makes everything else less effective. Even something as simple as tempo. If you try to go slow, this offense is not going to be effective. As effective as it was because it's designed to be simple and to go fast. If you go slow and it's simple, they'll have a chance to diagnose what you're doing. The speed is a weapon. The wide receivers on the outside going deep. The tight ends attacking the middle of the field. The slot receiver in the middle of the field. The running game from both the quarterback position and the running back game. All working in concert makes this offense what it is. And this wide receiver room being stacked, I tell you that it's stacked because it does need all these pieces. Chris Marshall going down the field, making plays down the sideline, big time. Trey Harris, the same thing. Real physical wide receivers that are going to actually help in the run game, both the jet sweeps and the outside zone type plays. These wide receivers have a chance to make this offense so much more effective than it was last year. And if that is done in concert with the quarterback running the whole offense, using all quadrants of the field, it's going to be in good shape to honestly be in a level we haven't seen at Ole Miss. We remember what the offense looked like in 2020 and 2021. It was special. It was different. We remember what the offense looked like in 2015. 
Not quite as good as probably the 2020 offense, but still really good. We remember what this offense looked like in 2003. Well, some of us do. Some of us were kids. Um, really, really great offense. And before the Hugh Freeze offense and before the early Matt Corral Lane Kiffin offense, it was the gold standard for offense from Ole Miss. None of them were running game dominant. Last year, we were running game dominant, and I think it was because of protecting the quarterback, essentially. They, they tried to open up, but the schedule got harder. It just didn't work out. But this year, it's going to be imperative. That offense clicks at a level that we, uh, we haven't seen. If you look at the players that are going to be draft eligible after this class, it's important that we make the most out of this year offensively and defensively, because I had somebody in the comments say that I, I'm referring to the defense clunky, and I don't mean that as a negative thing when I say that. I'm not saying the defense is bad when I say that. I'm saying everybody needs to be prepared that the players recruited for the last defense may not be the perfect fit for this one. There's a little bit of a square peg in a round hole situation that is going to happen this year. That's the reason they're hitting the portal so hard. That is the reason that they're trying to find defensive backs to attack what's going on. Well, Darius Tennyson might not be made to play a strong safety or even a Husky-type role in this defense. He was a true box safety. He, him and Jacob Springer were designed – essentially to play close to the line of scrimmage. They're going to have to play a little bit back. It's going to be a little bit more multiple. It's going to look a lot like what you saw Alabama's defensive backs look like last year. It just is. Anyway, when we're going to come back, we're going to talk about the potential next player in the transfer portal for Ole Miss football in Cody Epps. We'll tell you what's going on there. So stick around. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. So subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell for notifications, comment, upvote, join our subtext community, and participate on the community tab on the YouTube channel. If you have an idea, suggestion, let me know. It might not be an idea that I have thought about and it might be a good one that I will use on this show. So the subtext community, the community tab, even tweet at me. If you have an idea of something you want to see, let me know. Um, and I'll talk about just about whatever. Because honestly, we're entering that part of the offseason. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about greatest rivalries. We're going to do top five. We're going to do whatever we can over the next 60 days to kind of ease them on until we hit fall camp. So should be a lot of fun. So... Ole Miss is active in the transfer portal, and everybody knows what happened with Shane Hooks. Now, the rumor about Shane Hooks is he was a walk-on candidate at Ole Miss that wanted a little bit more NIL money or a scholarship or whatever to make that go more. He was apparently committed to Ole Miss for a minute, then decided, hey, this might work. I might be able to do this beneficially for me, so he left to go do something else. But I'm going to be honest. It didn't make sense that Ole Miss was recruiting a wide receiver because the wide receiver in your room, as you can see on the side of the screen, I call it stacked. And I believe it's stacked. It's not something I just call it. So why is Ole Miss recruiting 
a Cody Epps. Now, this one makes more sense than Shane Hooks. Shane Hooks made no sense whatsoever. It, it, it just didn't. It, it's one of those things I wasn't going to badmouth the kid coming on the campus or anything like that, but that just immediately reeked of a situation of him coming on campus, seeing what the room looked like, and it's like no, 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 no. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't need, I don't need to bite this off. And so he went off to do his own thing, and that's fine. But Cody Epps is a different animal. Cody Epps is a 2020 Elijah Moore type football player. I think he went to maybe Bosco in California, um, West Coast type player. That sits well with a Lane Kiffin personality on our staff, but. We'll see what happens. A lot of Pac-10 players are looking to get to the Big Ten or the SEC because of what the Big Ten and the SEC are becoming. You're going to legitimately have a situation in 10, 15 years where the bottom of the SEC is as good as the top of the Pac-12 because the advantage they had in getting players is only going to be stacked on top of each other. It's been the dominant conference in the NFL draft for 20 years, but now it's probably going to take the next step. But Cody Epps is being recruited by um, several people, actually. Here we go. And you can see, other than Colorado, who is a Pac-12 school, but Dion's recruiting everybody because he has to, because they have, what is it, 70 transfer outs at the moment or something like that. It's some ludicrous number. But Miami is trying to turn it around as well. But then you have Ole Miss and Auburn. Auburn needs wide receivers desperately. I mean, unbelievably desperately. Because over the last three or four years, they have not been good. And this has nothing to do with the Ole Miss game. They have not been good. We're talking... They're two years away, two years removed away from being a Birmingham Bowl runner-up, and that is pretty much the highlight of their existence over the last two years. Now they're going to get better. I'm not. I'm not here to bag on them. I'm team don't talk trash, but I am team tell it how it is as well. And you will see something where Hugh Freeze turns that team around. Now, how high they can go, how far they can go, I do not know. But. It'll be interesting to see, but I think this might be an Ole Miss-Auburn type situation for Cody Epps. That, that's what I was trying to say earlier. Is like I, 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 think, I think this is a long way from over and what's going on, but that's coming from on three as well. But he's a wide receiver that feels a need on Ole Miss's roster. And in doing so, you can build up that room even a little bit more because I expect this offense to be fairly stacked if we're going to be honest. I expect this offense to be a little bit different. I expect this offense to be um, borderline explosive. I'm expecting somewhere similar to the 2020 Matt Corral team. I'm not expecting the turnovers. I'm expecting the explosiveness. And what made that 2020 team special? Honestly, Elijah Moore. And having somebody like that in the slot to do dangerous stuff with a Kenny Oboa type tight end. You take Michael Trigg and you take Cody Epps and you put them in the slot and Ole Miss isn't losing games offensively. There's not games this season that they're going to drop because they get outscored. Now the defense could let them down. I'm not saying it couldn't, but it will not be the offense's fault unless they just go into a turnover barrage. 
with what they have on the outside, what they have on the inside. If they add Cody Epps and Quinshawn back there, it's basically going to be up to the quarterback not to screw it up. I mean, this is a special, special type thing that is brewing offensively for this team. We just need the quarterback to run the offense, the weapons around, and distribute the ball to everybody and use his legs. Whether it's Spencer Sanders or Jackson Dart, use the legs. And then potentially somebody like Cody Epps. I I am a big fan of this potential um, connection, even though the Ole Miss wide receiver room is completely loaded. He provides something that Ole Miss – has not had since Elijah Moore. We thought we had it with Jalen Robinson. He ended up, let's say, not working out. We'll just leave it there. This guy will fill a need. This will allow even Jordan Watkins to move outside a little bit too. And that'll help outside receivers and give a rest to players like Chris Marshall and Trey Harris. So, you know, you can come in like alternate series and still be a very, very effective offensively. It's really good. I'm really, really fired up about it. Anyway, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen. Every day or tomorrow on the show, we're going to talk tight ends. We're going to talk Michael Trigg. We're going to ask some hard truths of ourselves. We're going to talk about realistically what we have at that position. We're going to talk how they can help us. We're going to talk why they can help us. And we're going to talk about why we're Team 12 personnel. That's tomorrow's show for everydayers that listen every day as well. Also, thank you to the listener who invited me out to a beer today. Because of all the stuff going on, I was unable to do it. But I do appreciate it very much. Um, Maybe next time when you get down into the Central Florida area, hit me up on DM. I will gladly go out and have a beer. And I'm also thinking about how we can do post-game shows Um, at the Tampa Rebel Club or the Orlando Rebel Club or something like that. It it should be a lot of fun, but we're always looking at ways we can just tweak just a little bit to make this a better experience for everybody. We got the super internet. Got it up. I uploaded a two-gig video in 28 seconds a second ago. So that made me very happy indeed. But, yeah, very happy about that. That is going to... lead to a settings change with increasing quality of video. That's going to lead to more guests available for our shows, potentially. Should be a lot of fun. Anyway, we'll see you tomorrow. Hotty toddy.